Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Hey everyone, I wanted to share with you the podcast that I did on Your Expansive Self podcast with Tasha. She is so sweet. I absolutely loved recording with her and you guys need to check out her podcast if you are into energy stuff, meditation, manifestation. Her podcast is amazing and she allowed me to share the episode we did together here as well. So you're going to hear a bit about my story and we get into so much stuff. We talk about how to live your most vibrant life, your most healthy life, mindset, abundance, so much good stuff. So enjoy. Let, like, let my audience, let people know who you are. Um, you know, what's your story? Like, where did you come from? Yeah, well, thank you. I don't even know where to start. So I have been <laughs> on, well, my name is Mimi. Hello, everybody. I've been on a big personal development journey over the past five years. I'm now, I just turned 24, so I'm still really young and I'm very blessed to have gone through all this work and continue to go through this work at such a young age because it really is so incredibly transformative. It's like living a new life and living your your authentic self. So, you know, just a bit of backstory, I, I was born and raised in Toronto and I never, I always felt like I never fully fit in as a kid. I, I always tried to fit in so badly and it was a number one priority of mine for so long to fit in, be in the cool crowd, do what everyone else is doing. And I was really trying to suppress this feeling inside of me that I now look back on and I'm like, that was my like individuality. That was my, you know, uniqueness. And I was really trying to suppress that because I didn't know what it was, right? And I thought it was weird or I I just, I never 100% felt like I fit in. I always was like the weird odd man out kind of thing I felt at least. And uh, yeah, so, you know, from the ages of, I guess my preteens until my late teens, I went through a really hard time internally. And I think a lot of people can relate to that because it's a weird time where we're consumed with what people think of us. We don't know what we want in life yet. We, you know, are starting to realize that all these conditioned patterns that we were, you know, taught to have at a young age may not be true or conditioned beliefs may not be true. Like you start realizing new things and seeing the world through a different lens. And that time for me was really confusing, messy, beautiful. And um, yeah, you know, I, I had that deep down feeling, didn't do much with it until I was 18. I was, uh, you know, in university in my, you know, tiny residence room in Halifax. I went to Dalhousie for a year, which sounds so not me. And I had this big epiphany there. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? This is not me. I don't want to end up like the people that I'm around. And not to say, like, not to be mean. And I always have to say that when I, you know, explain this. It's not to be mean or because I think I'm better. It's truly because I am just so different to them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the same goals and the same things didn't make me feel good. Like, I was pretending, you know, to love partying all the time. I hated it. Like, it was just Mm -hmm. so not aligned with who I I am. And, um, yeah, I just, I really felt distant to that authentic me that I was 
you know, experiencing from a really young age, like the person I knew that I was supposed to be. And I went through a big epiphany when I was 18 and I read my first personal growth book that my mom gave me called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Great book. It's like the Bible. It's amazing for beginners because it's super easy, clear and concise to, uh, to read. It's like a 67 chapter book with, with each chapter being a different principle. And the first principle in there is take 100% responsibility for your life. And I'm reading this in my tiny residence room in university. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate my life. I have to take responsibility for it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I went through a really big breakthrough then. I stopped going out and seeing these same people. I started working at a juice bar and got really healthy and was really into that. And I bought this really big journal and I you know, told myself, I'm locking myself in my room until I figure out what I want to do with my life because I want to do things young. I don't want to waste the next four years of my life, you know, getting a sociology degree that I'm not even that interested in. <laughs> like, you know, I, I want to do things young. I meant for big things. And I, you know, this crazy wave of like self-belief came over me and it was always there deep down, but I allowed it to surface. And I was like, holy crap, like I can do this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got really excited. And it's so funny because, you know, everyone goes through the same things when they go through a big personal breakthrough. So, you know, the friends that you had will start, you know, being uncomfortable with your change saying it's weird. You should go back to your old ways. You know, you go through all these things and I can relate to all of it. And that's why I love talking about growth because it's just it, a lot of things you can relate to with others. Right. So yeah, I went through a really big change. I decided to start um, my own blog. I wanted to get into social media stuff and I started, you know, fashion blogging. This is back in the day, like five, six years ago where that was a thing and, um, definitely not my soul's purpose now, but <laughs> it really allowed me to open that door to just expressing, um, myself through the internet, through text, through words, through photos. And, you know, it, it kind of, I guess, catapulted me into wanting to travel and explore the world and do, the extraordinary. I didn't want to be ordinary. It was like I went, <laughs> I went from one side of the road of you know wanting to be like everyone else, and then after this epiphany, I was like, all right, I don't want to be like anyone else. So yeah, that brought me to London, England, when I was, um, I think, yeah, eighteen, nineteen. I went to England and I did this course on fashion journalism there for a month. After I dropped out of university, my parents were like, all right, what are you doing? I go back to school. <laughs> you know, just to keep them happy. It brought me to London. I went to travel for a month. And while I was there, you know, two weeks after I got there, I was like, I kind of want to move here. I feel like I can really step into my potential being here. And, you know, I never really felt like Toronto is the place that I wanted to live ever. I never really fit in there. I'm, I feel very different to the people I grew up around. And um, yeah, I ended up moving to London and I was there for five years, basically. And uh, yeah, I just moved to the Bahamas a month ago. Um, with my boyfriend from England that I met when I was there. And, you know, I did a lot of stuff when I was in London. I worked in TV for a bit. I grew my social media where I now have um, a top 100 Apple podcast, the Mimi B podcast. I have my app that I just launched, Mimi Method, which is full of guided meditations, workouts, and recipes. And I have um, a lot of, you know, I've done eBooks courses. I've I'm a partner in this online education company. I, you know, I do a lot of different stuff. Um, but, you know, I spend a lot of time on Instagram as well, where I connect with people there. And I, I feel like I've built a really great career for myself, um, especially over the past few years. Um, 
And I love to inspire and motivate people. I've had, I did my first event last year, it sold out in a week and it was like 50 girls in London. And it was like the most amazing day ever. We really just worked on ourselves and I'm all about personal development in a really, you know, cool way. Right. Like I love to read all these books that people might not think are cool, but then I like to kind of, you know, express what I learned in them, how I, what I learned in my own journey to, to girls our age, you know, early 20s and late teens and early 30s, late 20s, whatever, that kind of whole, you know, big group. I have a big group of, of women that, that I connect to. So that's kind of my big story all smushed into, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was perfect. That was very, very, very clear. And I have so many questions, but I think like one of the biggest things that really kind of popped up in my head, which I think is a big thing that a lot of us can, I don't, I don't know if like the word is struggle, but genuinely, I think a lot of people, I think it can relate like where I think there's like this, um, I'm trying to find my words properly here, but this transition that we go through after when we start to realize like our worth and our own belief system in ourselves, you know, like this kind of work will not be what it can be to its fullest potential if we don't take the time to actually believe in ourselves and like amplify our own self-worth, right? Which can come in so many ways. Like, why do you feel so good when you work out in the morning? Because you're amplifying your self-worth. You feel good about yourself. You're meditating. You're putting yourself in this high-frequency vibe. So, but at the beginning of your journey, when you're starting to figure that out for yourself, it can feel kind of like mind-fucking because you're like, wait, am I being egotistic or am I like believing in myself or am I like not like, I don't really know what's happened. Like, how did I not feel like this before? Like, did you feel like you went through that transition of like, kind of like hitting a wall with self-worth and self-belief? Mm-hmm. I love what you said there. Cause it's really true. I often get people um, writing me asking like, Hey, like, I really want to be confident and stuff. And you really exude that. But like, I'm worried the people around me will think I'm being cocky, right? There's a huge difference between cockiness and confidence. And, you know, I personally have never stopped myself from feeling good and believing in myself because I thought that, you know, well, since my journey, of course, because I thought that people would think I'm cocky because I'm not cocky and that's a belief, right? So it all goes down to your beliefs. If you believe that you can be this great, amazing speaker or, you know, this or that, or you believe that you can live your true potential and do it in a way that's authentic, that helps the world. And that doesn't come across as you think you're better than everyone else. then that is pure confidence right and at the end of the day i'm sure there are people out there that think i'm cocky and i don't really care because those aren't my people and i don't feel like i i am at all so you know at the end of the day you you have to just believe in yourself and not care what people think sometimes and i'll tell you something interesting over the past seven eight months of my life i have improved more than i think i ever have in a more public way so all of the you know, fruits of my labor have started to flourish in the past eight months, especially with a lot with more so business stuff and personal stuff. Um, And, you know, there are some friends that are coming back into my life now saying, Oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're doing all these big things. And I'm kind of like, Uh, you, I've been doing this for years. You're just seeing it now because I, you know, I'm, I don't know, making more money or something like, you know, it's surface stuff. So that that's something that I actually had to deal with this week. Cause I was like angry at first. And I was like, it's fine. Mm. Everyone's on their, their journey. And like, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say here is that 
you are the only one that's always 100% going to be your biggest supporter. As much as you want to, you know, rely on other people to be your number one supporter. Like, yes, you know, my mom also supports me, but she's not calling me every day being like, how are you? You're doing so well. Like you are the one that has to amp yourself up. It's Mm -hmm. you and it's always going to be you. And the second that you don't allow yourself to be the biggest influence in your life and the moment that you just really base your emotion and your drive and your belief in yourself on other people believing in you is the moment that you're gonna fail because it's you we can't rely on other people all the time it doesn't make them bad it doesn't mean that your you know sister or mom or dad or whatever don't love you it's just there everyone has their own things going on their own shit going on right so you know being your own best friend is pretty much the biggest thing that I've had to learn to do through this season of personal development right and it's amazing and it's not sad it's great right like I love being my own best friend don't you mm-hmm. I actually like it's so there's no I was like I okay so sometimes I like kind I kind of tune into the energy of what we're going to be talking about before it even happens so I was like oh there's for sure we're for sure going to talk about this today um but it's so interesting that you're talking about this because I think it feels like collectively right now we're in this space this is what i'm picking up anyways we're in this space where a lot of people are called to restructure their way of seeing themselves at like a much deeper level like not just like i'm great like things are great like look at me i'm doing awesome it's more like no really how do you view yourself how do you treat yourself what do you think about every single day about yourself about what you do how you feel how you want to feel where you're going everything is impacting everything and i think you know i i think now like i'm personally in this space where i'm actually recreating this type of relationship that i have with myself of being my own best friend but it's different than it was before because before it was coming from a space where it was subconsciously like so deep within my own being of i need to be my be- my own best friend because i have nobody else and what that created was actually a very deep condition of i am not supported i am not loved i am not seen i am not heard and therefore i can only do it for myself and so technically it was coming from the intention of fear of loneliness of lack of not belonging which well you know law of cause and effect you go into something with a specific intention that's exactly where you're going to get back so I always felt like I was hitting a wall of like, I'm there, but I'm not there. And I don't understand why. And then when I realized that like my intention wasn't pure, I was like, oh my God, this all came from the space of, I have to do it alone, which I think is like, yes, you have to, but you also like, remember that you have a deeper support system that is literally like divine guidance is here to assist you. And when you start to love yourself so deeply, you will attract people who are exactly at the same frequency, who can assist you in business, who are friends, who are literally here that see you, that hear you, that support you. And therefore now the whole intention is completely different. And I'm just sharing this because I think a lot of people are like forcing, they're like in this feminist type of angry, like, fuck everybody. I'm an independent woman. I can do this all on my own. And I'm like, that is coming from a place of fear and lack. So what if we like change that around of like more of like a loving, 
um, more truthful, divinely guided space where it's like, hey, you can be your own best friend and you got this girl, but remember, you're never really alone. Mm-hmm. Does that Absolutely. make sense? It makes total <laughs> sense, 100%. Yeah. 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 I totally it's resonate. so deep. And I think there's like, you know, I even follow this Instagram account. Um, I think it's like female hustlers, I think. Oh yeah, like probably follow them too. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, they're always posting quotes that are super inspirational, but it's like, it's very, the energy that I feel that is behind it is very like angry. Like I don't need nobody like independent woman. Like, and it's like, okay, well think about how humans have evolved. You know, even when you look at like the chakra system or the energetic system, like we all need tribe. We cannot survive without tribe. We need community. We need that sense of like safety and security and belonging. And we can get that in so many ways, you know, and we can also provide that for ourselves, but it makes sure that like it's coming from the loving intention and not like a lack intention or an angry intention of like, fuck everyone, (laughs) which is not, yeah, it's just not serving. But I feel like there's a lot of people kind of going through that lately. So yeah. Sorry. I just went on like a rampage. <laughs> that is totally fine. Yeah. So with your own business now, especially when I feel like you're a more conscious being taking action in business, do you feel like you've um, hit certain like walls or had to make certain decisions that were kind of different just because maybe they weren't aligned with you? Or did you, are you even like marketing wise? Like I was thinking about that earlier. Like, do you feel like there's an energetic exchange between your marketing, your Instagram? Like, how do you go about consciously leading your business now? Is it different than like the norm? Well, you know what? It's difficult. Not difficult. It's challenging sometimes having social media as a really big part of your job because it really requires boundaries. I have learned this. I have done this job without boundaries around social media and I've done it with boundaries and I'm telling you boundaries really help. I spend so much time trying to answer my DMs, trying to answer comments, you know, connecting with the people in my community and I love them more than anything in the world, the girls in my community. But, you know, Outside of my app community and my secret Facebook group community, I think that just being on Instagram, there are a lot of people on there that are a little bit more, like I guess they're just not the people I care that much about following me. And, um, you know, you definitely expose yourself to the vermin of the world, like (laughs) being on social media. So creating boundaries and, and really realizing that what people say about you, especially if they don't know you, it's just all about their own shit going on and nothing to do with you. And I'm lucky to not get an incredible amount of hate. Like I have friends in this industry that get way more hate and every other comment is, you know, whatever, but you know, I'm I'm lucky to have a, a very great community, but that's something that I've had to create boundaries around because I like, I'm drained for, you know, being on social media all the time. So as someone that's super in touch with my core self, my core being, I'm really in touch with what I know I need to be doing every day to feel good. So I have a rule, you know, when in the mornings and at night, you know, in the mornings until 8am and at night and, um, 
after 9 p.m., I'm not on my phone. It's on airplane mode, and I tend to wake up around 6, so that's two hours in the morning. I tend to go to bed around 10 or 11, so it's like an hour or two at night. So, you know, that's a boundary of mine, and I noticed that this morning I slept in a little bit, and I checked my phone before my morning routine, and I was off for a bit in the morning, and then I went back into my healthy habits, went to the gym, like had a great smoothie and stuff, and it was great, but I know that being my own boss and being in this industry is tough if you just do it aimlessly without any boundaries. So that's something I've had to teach myself a lot and I've had to trial and error a lot and it's taken a long time, but I feel like now I know what makes me feel good, what makes me not feel good. And I've learned to delegate as well because it's something that I had a bit, I guess not trouble with, but I, I, I found it hard to find good people to work for me for quite a long time. And I have now an amazing employee and she's, incredible and she's like my right hand woman and you know I I really feel blessed with that so delegating is big and that was a bit tough for me as well because I am very like like you said before it's like my way I'm best like I'm the only one that can do this like I had that mentality as well um so yeah you know it's it's definitely something interesting to navigate especially as like a young woman that's doing this all for the first time and um but my big thing is just trying to do as much as I can that is within that realm of like me feeling good right so you know I'm always trying to produce content record new guided meditations listen to what people are needing out of me and doing 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 and I know when to stop right and I know that feeling because I'm very hypersensitive I'm like incredibly sensitive to everything to from everything from like alcohol I have like two sips and I feel it literally to negativity to you know whatever so you know I definitely don't feel the need to answer all messages anymore um with social media you know you feel like you just offer everything of yourself and I've learned that you can be on social media and not do that while also being vulnerable and authentic online so I'm learning how to do that. You know, I don't need to put pressure on myself to respond to everybody, especially if it's a message that is just like, hey, where'd you get those shorts from? And it's not even like, hi, Mimi, how are you? Like, thanks for your content. Where are your shorts? You know, so I'm just like, I don't care. I'm not answering people that don't, you know, that aren't, that don't make me feel fabulous. And I'm okay with that because I'm lucky enough to, um, you know, have created this business that doesn't, you know, depend on me, you know, being on social media 24 seven, like I really go on to post and to scroll a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've muted most people, honestly, because I'm like, I've been sucked into that hole. And I think mindless technology is one of those things that really affects our mental health. And yeah, I try to limit it, but I'm not perfect. As you know, this morning, I didn't, you know, I wasn't perfect and that's okay. What I tell my, my girls and on my podcast and stuff, I often talk about this. It's, less about being perfect and more about your bounce back rate. So, you know, if you messed up and you know, you had an unhealthy meal or you missed your workout or you skipped your meditation or whatever it was, and you're mad at yourself, don't write it off for the rest of the day as a shit day. Start right now, get right back on the bandwagon. It's your, the faster your bounce back rate, the shorter your bounce back rate, it, it, the better, the more likely you're going to be successful. So you know, I used to be the kind of person that was like, all right, we're starting again on Monday. The weekend's ruined because on Friday afternoon, I had a cookie. No, <laughs> have a healthy dinner, you know, just be okay. Because that pattern is what's really 
making you not successful, making you not get what you want, making you not lose the weight. It's that pattern. It's not actually about that one thing you did. It's about blowing it up in your head and become this huge thing and, and not getting back on the bandwagon. So mm-hmm. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, totally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I often talk about that too, to my own audience of, you know, shaming shame with more shame doesn't work. It's like, mm-hmm. even like the frequency of the emotion of shame is actually the lowest of the low. And for you to actually like rise up even higher to be in a state of like courage and empowerment and, and joy and fulfillment, you can't put shame over shame. Like you're, you're literally going to stay stuck in that frequency. So you need to actually have the courage to recognize like, oh shit, that just happened. Detach, choose again and just move forward instead of like, poor me, na na na. But like, again, that's like such an ego tendency of victimhood of like, poor me, you see, nothing's ever going to change. It's like the same thing over and over again. And like, I'm really big on like the ego talk. Cause I've had that like very strongly in my life. Um, could you, have you experienced like a lot of, um, ego, I guess, victimhood or, uh, I guess, what does your ego sound like? What is your oh, yeah. ego? What, does it have a name? <laughs> like, what does it sound oh like to you? Gosh. Yeah, well, I just call her old Mimi because I don't want to be her anymore, right? So I've tried, yeah. I tried calling her like an ugly name for a while, but it never really stuck. Like I tried calling her like Gertie for a while, but it never really worked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, my, I, I just call her old Mimi. Um, and for sure, she's still there. You know, I still battle every day to feel 100% great. And I have, you know affirmations on post-it notes around the house and my bathroom everywhere because I'm always trying to get back to that really great state and condition myself to make it my default and you know more and more it does become my default and more and more I do do like you know have that and do those things but you know I would say a good 50 60 percent of the time I still struggle to feel really freaking amazing and that's because of all those years of not and that's the thing like I if I I will take it 40 percent of the time feeling fucking fabulous hell yeah compared to one percent of the time back then right so it's like a slow Mm -hmm. gradual improvement but my ego she is so hard on herself she like my ego is like you know, body dysmorphia, things I'm like, not fit, like things I'm not making enough money, like, she like, you know, I'm not pretty enough, or I don't have enough followers or whatever it is. It's the typical ego BS that I don't really tend to want to believe. And, you know, it's really funny, because only one day out of the month, I actually like believe my ego and have a really good day. And it's always the day right before my period. I'm always Oh my god, same. same yes right like right before my I'm like I view myself and I'm like oh my god look at you potato like are you serious right now like what do you think you're doing I'm like this must be my period (laughs) it's so crazy every one day before my period every month I'm like fully body dysmorphia like how am I like doing guided meditate or not guided meditations like at-home workouts for people that want to like be fit with me like I'm not even fit like it's like full-on like stupid stuff and then my boyfriend he keeps me in line he's like what the fuck are you saying sorry I know you sweared before so I'm not swearing oh, yeah totally yeah yeah go go oh yeah bring it on <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so yeah he's like 
what the hell are you even on about? Like, he's like, you look the same as yesterday. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, and I, it's so funny because it's just like, obviously not true. And um, yeah, but you know what? My ego also, the one thing about my ego is um, I had to overcome a lot of limiting thoughts and beliefs around food because I used to be like a big overeater. It was healthy always. And I loved healthy food, but I used to overeat. Because for some reason, it filled some void inside of me. And I have, I'm so proud of myself for really overcoming a lot of those habits and beliefs and, you know, ways of thinking. And um, I've conditioned myself now, listen to my body and be so intuitive that like when I'm eating a meal and I'm full and it doesn't feel good to eat anymore, I stop. And, you know, mm. when my ego is in the way, I hear it saying, oh, like just finish it. I, I have, you know you know, now go have dessert or like whatever. It's like, do I listen to my body be present for one second? Do I physically want this right now? Not mentally. Do I, I not emotionally, do I physically want this? Because if I'm physically wanting it, then sure. But then there are obviously exceptions, which I've really, really learned to like bring into my life as well, where it's like, you know, if my, if I'm having birthday cake with my boyfriend, you know, I'll make it myself. So it's a healthier version, but like, hell yeah, if I'm craving it, I'll have some, like, I, I really don't follow any guidelines much anymore. I do still follow, we can talk about health later, but I still do follow, um, a more paleo gluten-free way of living because I'm, I am gluten intolerant, but, um, you know, I, I really listen to my body now and I feel like everything that has to do with food and thoughts and beliefs is completely mental for me. Because like, I used to try every single diet in the world and, you know, there is a way of eating that makes me feel my best. But before I dealt with the inner mind stuff, it was so hard to stay on track. And the second that I start doing the inner work, and even if it's just a guided meditation, visualizing my whole body, how I want to feel and look like just one of those 10 minutes in the morning. I eat differently and I don't obsess over food. You know, I have been able to heal my relationship with food while achieving my goal body. And that is so interesting to me because most people don't really get to do that at the mm. same time. And, and that is, you know, in result why I created Mimi Method because it's guided meditations that are all, that are so different to anything else out there. It's like prevent emotional eating guided meditation you know, manifest your full body guided meditation, like not just body stuff, but it's like, you know, uh, manifest health and, you know, abundance and all that stuff. And then it's also workouts that create the mind body connection. So it's like, you see results better and faster than ever before too. So that's why I created it. Cause I was doing it and I was like, Oh my God, there was a way to heal my relationship with food while losing weight. Like cool. While making it effortless. Like it's, you know, the mind is such an incredible thing. And I'm, learning more and more about it every day. And it's something I'm super passionate about right now because it really does change lives. Like I've had some girls DM me or email me saying like, I am a chronic binge eater. I eat over, I overeat every night. I have not, not binged for over a year. And I did your stop binging meditation and I didn't binge today. And I'm like, hell yeah, it's not the diet. You're, you know, don't do the next diet, do the inner work. Because you see all these women, you know, you see all these women that are like effortlessly in the most like fit, toned, lean body. They look healthy and happy and they eat whatever the frig they want, right? You see those women and you're like, 
You know, then you see the women, they're always on diets and they can never lose the weight. It's because their energies are different, right? So I was like, well, I want to do that. I want to be the person that can have a bite of whatever she wants and, you know, not like overeating because at the end of the day, overeating doesn't feel good for anyone. It's like mm. physically not a nice feeling. So I'm like, I want to not be obsessed with food. I want to not care if I, you know, need to eat dessert or I want to be present in conversation when I'm having dinner and not obsessed with the food on my plate. Like I want to be alive. I want to live. Right. So yeah, that was really just the basis of my transformation. I was conditioned as a young girl, like the woman in my family freaking love my family, but they, a lot of them don't have healthy relationships with food and they're, they're fine with me saying this because we openly talk about it all the time. But like, I grew up in a house where it's like, you know, you go to my grandma's for dinner and like my grandma and my mom are like, Oh, just one more bite of this. It's so good. Oh, we're being so naughty right now eating this. Cho it's like, why do we stop talking about yeah. food in an emotional way? Like don't obsess over it. So my whole thing is like, I'm so happy I've stopped being obsessed with food as but like compared to how I Preach, used to, right? Girl. Like Preach. Oh my God. Yeah. What a relief. What a relief it is, you know? Hey girls, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors, Modern Fertility. So what if I told you that you could get important fertility insight without going to the doctor or even leaving your house? Modern Fertility makes that possible with super easy at-home fertility hormone testing. With our health as women, knowledge is truly power, and when we know more, we can make better decisions for our bodies, our health, and our future. There aren't many decisions bigger than having a baby, and for so many women, their fertility is still a really big question mark. So you've probably thought about the next step in your career and your relationship, but what about planning for a baby? Women are having children way later in life now, and you know biology hasn't changed, so we need tools to understand the future of her fertility, even if you aren't ready to conceive now. It is just so important to understand your body. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You guys, you can just mail it in a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing can sometimes cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. So if you go to modernfertility.com slash Mimi, you can get $20 off of your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. The results go in-depth into what every hormone means, and you can also one-on-one -on -one talk to a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. So if you want kids today or just maybe one day, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering my listeners $20 off of the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Mimi. That means that your test would only cost $139. Instead of hundreds or thousands, it would cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Mimi. That is modernfertility.com slash Mimi. You can also go to the show notes to get the link there. Now back to the episode. I've so, I've been there completely. And I think like what I've recognized, like honestly, what you're saying, it's so weird how it's so, it's like me, but like, there's no coincidence because or else I wouldn't have contacted you. You know what I mean? Like, obviously we're in alignment, but what I've realized that really played such a deep role in my own, um, 
this deep craving for food is, I didn't realize this till a couple of, about two years ago, I'd say, where, I mean, I don't know if you know, probably, but all of our traumas sit in the nervous system, right? And what I didn't recognize is that when these traumas are so deep within, our bodies are constantly looking for any type of comfort. And unfortunately, food is the first thing that is literally the easiest to settle their nervous system, let it calm down, let it come back into a grounded state. It literally makes us feel heavy. So as we feel heavy, we feel more grounded. So when it's almost like if we're not eating, when we're not overly eating and we're just kind of like, you know, free of the food, the body tends to freak out and go, I don't know if I can handle this because now you're faced with facing literally all of your traumas. And so it feels very unsafe for the body. And I think a lot of women can resonate with that because I think there's so much, again, it's all the inner work. Like that's what they don't realize is like your relationship with food is just a reflection of your relationship with your life. That's all it is. So all the diets won't work if you don't change what's in here ever. And your body is talking to you. If you're constantly binging and overeating, it's because it's looking for a grounded state, but you need to go into guided meditation and provide that for yourself and tell your body that is, it is safe. It is grounded. It doesn't need that extra comfort in order to feel heavy in order not to feel like we're humans. We're supposed to feel, we're supposed to be in tune and, and to, and to, do the work and to grow. We're here to grow. So when I realized that I was like, Oh my God, like I need to do the inner work in order to change my relationship with myself and the foods that I eat, that I choose, that I crave. You know, that was a big thing too. I really resonated with for a long time. It's like, anytime I crave sweet, I'm like, okay, what is it in my life that I'm actually craving sweetness from? Like, is it like I'm craving that sweetness in like a relationship? Um, that the crunchiness usually is like an, an oomph that I'm craving. Like, like, and it could also mean a lot of anger is trying to be expressed in the body because that crunch feels angry to the body, which is so interesting. Um, and then things like smooth, like, like really like heavy foods, like almond butter, a lot of women crave almond butter because it provides uh, magnesium, which we lack a ton of, and it provides a lot of comfort and heaviness again to the nervous system, which is so interesting. Like <laughs> there's no coincidence. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Totally. Yeah, it's comfort. yeah. Completely. Um, and I had a question when we, were, when we were, for some reason, thinking about all that before. Um, and then I really want to move on to like your health and like how, what do you do throughout your, your days to make you feel so alive and well on the most part, obviously, because I think it's important that we remind people that it's not like a 24 seven thing. Yeah. Um, but what is your, what is your definition of success and failure? What does that mean to you? Really good question. Um, So failure to me means giving up and not trying and being a victim. That's failure to me. Success to me is trying, failing and trying again, failing again, pivoting, asking for advice from people that have already done it themselves, reading books, learning, trying again, doing anything possible to succeed. That's success to me. Success is also part of your self-identity, right? If any successful person that you meet, if, uh, you know, if they get all their money stolen one day, I'm sure most of them 
will obviously be distraught, but they won't be that worried because they're innately wealthy. They're innately a successful person. So they will make it back. You know, I always have been very good at manifesting opportunity and money. Um, that's something I'm very lucky about that. I've, I've always just had this core belief that I am meant for big, great things. I will make a lot of money. And that has really followed me and what has been attracted into my life, what I've worked really hard towards. And don't get me wrong. I have worked so hard in my life. I did not come from money. My parents were struggling artists when I was growing up. You know, I really am completely self-made and that that belief, I don't know where it came from, but it was just like thinking that I could do more and I, and I had this potential. I always believed in my potential. So I, you know, with the money thing, like I always was able to work super hard and pivot if things weren't working. And I always was known for trying out so many different things. There are so many businesses that I have tried that I stopped doing, or I guess failed at because um, something else came out and I wanted to try something else. And I've, I've always done a lot of work. I've always been very motivated. You know, when I first moved to London, I really wanted to get into TV and presenting or something. Right. So I didn't know anyone in London. I didn't know one, one person in that industry, especially. So what I did is I literally emailed or DM'd hundreds of people every day with a message that hopefully, you know, they would respond to something along the lines of like, Hey, I'm new here. Like, I know you're, you work in the industry. Like I would love to take you for coffee one day and pick your brain. Like, you know, I prompt, like just really just trying to connect with people. And I messaged hundreds of people a day, literally on Instagram until I reached the limit where Instagram was like, you can't message anywhere. Like, they blocked <laughs> me. like I literally was relentless and I was always putting myself out there and like being like, Hey, can we connect? Hey, like, that was me at the beginning of my career. And that's, that kind of just like emulates my entire, I guess, just attitude towards life and success. Like I'm a doer and I'm a goer and that's because it's in my self identity and success and wealth. If it's not part of your self identity, your core self image, then it's going to be really difficult for you to achieve that. There is a great example that one of, uh, my favorite podcasters slash motivational speaker guys, Ed Milet. Have you heard of him? No. Ed Milet? No, he's great. He is, he's big. He's like worth half a billion. He's, he's super successful. I've actually had him on my podcast when I was in LA late, uh, last year, I went to his house and we did this podcast. He, it was the best. No so, way. He's really, he's like one of Tony Robbins, good friends. Like he's awesome. So he's a big time guy and, um, he ha he uses this analogy and it's really, it makes it really easy to understand about self image. Um, and you know, your self image is like a thermostat, right? And everything in your life is set to a certain temperature in that thermostat. So if money is set at a 76, whenever you go over that 76 or under that 76, your subconscious system is going to do everything in its power to try to get you back to that familiar 76, right? So if you have a poor self-image, but then you win the lottery, you hear so many people that win the lottery spending it all in a matter of years and they end up going bankrupt. You know, if your self identity is at, or money identity is at a 90, 
if you lose your money, you're fine because you're going to make it again and you're going to find a way to make it again. Something happens in your life, you're going to make it and it'll be fine. So, you know, it's the same thing with health and body. If your self-identity weight or health is at an 82, you're going to keep it at an 82. And yeah, if you go on holiday and you go on vacation and gain a few pounds, you'll go back to the 82 because that's just who you are. So your whole life, everything in your life goes back to that thermostat analogy, right? Your self-image, your self-identity. There's an amazing book I recommend everyone here read. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And that's a classic. My grandfather told me to read that one. It's all about self or self-image, identity. And it really just, it it is all about that. And you can change your self-image, your identity. And that's the really empowering thing. Even if you grew up not feeling like you were good enough or not, you know, someone that wouldn't make a lot of money in their life, whatever it is, you can change that. And there's so many things you can do to change that. Um, but it changed by, it, ch- it changes by doing different things, you know, creating different habits in your world and, um, you know, putting those steps in that, that are necessary because at the end of the day, we 90% of, of the thoughts that we think are the same as the day before. And we think 70,000 thoughts a day. So you have to start thinking differently, and that's the basis of to cha- like, you know how to change your life. You start thinking differently, either by conditioning your mind, doing a morning routine, doing meditation, doing affirmations, changing what you do. You your brain, you got to train it like a dog. And I still mm-hmm. struggle every day, but in, it's not about being perfect. It's about being relentless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's uh, so. My question for you now is like, okay, so you were explaining before how you were able to recreate this new relationship with yourself and your body and food and everything coming from a place of like without effort, you know, with ease and grace. Um, So you were in that state of the thermostat, I'm assuming, right? So you had to break that, that level on your thermostat. So what did that look like for you? What happened? Like what was, was there a story that your subconscious mind was telling you to always bring you back? Like, what did that sound like to you? And how did you break that? You know, I wish I could explain it so simply, but it's a little <laughs> like I wish it was just one answer because I, I want to be able to just give one answer, but it was a combination of things. It was me just having at first a bit more discipline to do a, a really amazing long morning routine in the morning and to really focus on myself. I became committed and, you know, discipline and motivation and, and willpower aren't a limitless resource. They're hard to come by and you'll have it one day and not have it the next. So you have to have really great habits in place and structure in your life that you just do subconsciously that will obviously improve you. So my morning routine is one of those that I do every day without doubt. Even if I sleep in, I do it whenever, what I, I, I always do a morning routine. I don't remember the last time I didn't. I think one day in the past like year and a half, I didn't do it or something. And it's, it's a whole, I won't get into it now. It's super in depth. And I have, I'm actually creating a whole online course. Um, at the moment, I'm reading my morning routine course that I'm going to be launching in the next 30 days. So, um, it's obviously very in depth what I do, but, um, yeah, just, if you don't want to do my morning routine, then create a morning routine for yourself, you know, write that, like get yourself amped up for the beginning of the day. That's what I need. Like get yourself, like prime your brain, prime your body and your brain at the beginning of the day. And that is one of the best things that you can do in meditate. Like when I was going through this big transformation earlier this year with my body and, and 
mindset around food. It was also last year, but my transformations happened in phases, right? It's like, it's not, it's never linear. It, you know, you do a lot of work a couple months and then you plateau and then you do it like, it's, it's like that. Right. So I went through another wave of, of growth, um, earlier this year and it really, you know, comes down to what I was doing on a daily basis. I'm super grateful for quarantine and I, you know, I'm looking at the positive in it and, you know, COVID obviously freaking sucks, but quarantine for me was great because I took it as an opportunity to work on myself so incredibly much. I was doing like a two hour morning routine in the morning and I was meditating for 30 minutes to an hour and a half a day. And I just did the work. So I saw results super fast, right? But you don't need to do it like that intense mode, but you guys listening here still, like I'm sure COVID is still impacting where you are and there is still some sort of quarantine and you can still reinvent yourself before the end of COVID, you know, and I love to say this because so many people will say, oh, I didn't start on the right foot. Who cares? Start now, right? I don't know when this is being launched, exactly. but start now, right? Like, I, I don't want to hear it. That's just an excuse. Start now. So yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I forget what the question was. Oh yeah. What were the things? So yeah, meditating, um, really, really. And I was creating so much content for my app that I was actually like doing all the meditations that I was creating. I needed to test everything. And those really changed me to another level as well. And, you know, just, it's like the compound effect, you know, you don't see results right away, but then you look back and it's been a couple of weeks and you're like, damn. Yeah. I, so it's so funny that you say that because, uh, I created my own series of guided meditation for like deep, deep healing. And I use them all the time. Like, and it's so funny because it's like, I always have the thought in my mind of it's so interesting how I'm healing myself. Like I'm, I'm healing mm -hmm. myself, but I'm also guiding myself through the healing through this guided meditation. And there's actually been a few moments where I've like, like really deeply cried because I'm just like, it's so beautiful that I'm even in this space, able to experience like me healing me. And I really believe at the end of the day that we're all able to heal ourselves. Like that's really what I put out. Even with my coaching, I'm like, I'm here to guide you. I'm not here to tell you what to do, what not to do. You always know what to do, but the problem is you're not in your own truth and you can't even hear yourself most of the time. That's why meditation has changed my life too. Like I cannot, cannot imagine my life without meditation. Hands down, cannot. I don't understand people who go in it and then like stop because like I understand the frustration that they can experience through meditation and it not working, but it's a muscle to grow. Like you don't just go to the gym and like stare at weights and like build muscle. Like you need to go every single day, keep it consistent. And this is where I find it's so beautiful to use like this masculine energy that is very structured, disciplined, organized that can help us actually be more in our feminine, the intuitive, the fluid, the loving, the nurturing, but we need a mix of both. You can't just be in this feminine state without having the structure and this safety of providing yourself the time to actually be in this intuitive, fluid, nurturing, self-healing state, right? You need both. So yeah, I, th I think it's really interesting that a lot of people want to be in that state, but they don't like have the mixture of both and they get confused and they don't know how. So I saw actually on your, on your, on your Instagram, you posted a video of like tips for beginners for 
um, meditation. So what would be your biggest tips for people who are just starting their own meditation journey? Yeah, well, you want to find something that you like to do, right? Because the reason that most people give up on meditation is because they're not doing something that they enjoy doing. When I, I've tried meditating for years and I was like, eh, like I thought it was BS. I was like, I don't love this. I was doing the wrong meditations. I was doing the freaking Headspace app where it's like, oh, same. Relax. Don't tell me what to do. They help so many people and it's great. But for me, I'm more of like an action. Like I'm like an, I like getting shit done. I like results driven uh, meditation. So I actually had to create my own because I didn't know many meditations that like made you so motivated afterwards that like you visualize who you want to be, what you want, how you want to look, you know, how you want to act. Like, you know, I, my meditations are not those like, Oh, relax. Don't think about anything. It's like, no, think about things. Think about what you want, become what you want. And I guess, you know, my meditations are more so hypnotherapy than they are meditations because there's a goal in mind and you, they're meant to rewire your brain and such, but you know, whatever, I don't call them hypnotherapy to not scare people, but they are hypnotherapy. And that's why I love to do them because you actually feel the result right away. Plus, obviously, long term. But yeah, my biggest tips for beginners in meditation is do something that you enjoy that like gets you excited to do it. Pick a time every day that you consistently do it. Mine is in the morning. You have to like you pick a time in the day. And if you get it done in the morning, then you don't have excuses to tell yourself for the rest of the day on why you're too busy or it's not going to work. Just get it done. Do it for 10 minutes. On my app, I actually have like a 14 minute or something morning meditation. And it like, it's so quick and it changes your whole day, right? It makes you more efficient. It, you know, it's great. So just create like a bit of time in the morning to do it. And, uh, yeah, do something, do a meditation that you love to do and make it part of your routine. Mm, I love that. And moving forward now in like the health aspect of what you do, because I know it's a big part of your life. So the workouts, the eating, the mindset, I mean, it's, it's a whole one concept, you know, which I think it's, it's really beneficial for whoever is listening to even like really recognize that it's not just the food. It's not just the workout. Like it's, really what's going on in here and the relationship that you have with all of it. Um, So what tips can you give to anybody who's in a state right now where they feel kind of stuck? Like even let's say they have, you know, they have a beautiful body, but they're not where they want to be. Like, how does that feel like for you? Cause I feel like that's where you were at, right? Like you Mm -hmm. had, you were working out, eating well and et cetera, et cetera. But there was like a, like a lack somewhere, like you weren't fully fulfilled with yourself. Um, so what, what was part of your process with that? I was feeling lack all the time. So I manifested more lack into my life, literally. So I became in love with myself and my body. And I started looking at the positives. I was like, Oh my God, I see a bit of definition in my abs. Oh my God. I'm so proud of myself. I said no to my ego last night when she wanted to like eat cookies and she shouldn't because <laughs> I was trying to lose weight. So it's like, okay, sometimes when you have to lose weight, you do have to follow certain guidelines. And that I do have like an ebook all about weight loss and stuff. And you know, it's, it is all about your mind to start because it will make it more easy to do. But at the end of the day, it does obviously matter how you move, how you eat. Right. So 
health is not just how you eat and how you move. We were just talking about that. It's your entire life, right? You see the healthiest people or slash people that eat all the organic juices and salads that are still not happy and not healthy. You know, you see health issues arise in their life. And I think that's because your mind literally creates your body. And it's amazing if you give it great fuel and move it properly at the same time. It's like the trifecta. So mind, food, and movement are the three main components of any type of change. And again, that's why I created Meaning Method because the three main sections of the app is move, nourish, transform, at-home workouts, um, recipe videos, and guided meditations. So yeah, that's like my core belief on health. It's move, nourish, transform, that those are the three components. And you know, a healthy person feels so much better than an unhealthy person. People that are unhealthy don't even know how good they can feel. And I've been through that firsthand when I was partying a lot in high school and university at the beginning when I went, it, like, I know what it feels like to drink more than once, like, to drink often, to eat processed foods, to eat gluten often. I, you know, to not give yourself a window of time to fast every day. I think that's important too. let yourself like at least for 12 hours, don't eat you know, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Like, I think that's so important for cleansing too. You know, I, it's just, you don't realize how good you can feel until you actually do it. And it's like living a new life. Like people are like, oh, like you're boring. You don't ever do drugs or drink. I, I don't really drink. You know, you're boring. I'm like, are you kidding? When I meditate, I feel like I'm on MDMA. <laughs> like, I know how to create those emotions within myself. Like, it, it's so crazy because it's like you – without the come down, like you can really just feel so good when you're in the right headspace, when you feel healthy, the best feeling is like post workout. Like I just posted this on my story. Like, you know, I just did a workout and I was just like, I feel so good. Like the endorphins, the natural way of feeling amazing, like waking up refreshed, you know, when you're drinking or smoking the night before you don't feel refreshed and it affects, it slowly trickles into every other area of your life. Oh, and yes. it's just at health is everything and mm -hmm. do your best with what you have. If it's expensive and buy things in bulk and make all your food. And it, you know what? Eating healthy is the number one thing that I prioritize with my spending I will not even look at how much the organic thing costs compared to the non-organic thing or like whatever, because I'm like, I don't care. It's, I would rather this than buy a new top at Zara any day. And exactly. um, there's always ways to, there, it's, oh, there are always ways, always ways yeah. to make things work. Just look at your excuses and, you know, self-reflect is what mm. I would say. Completely. And I think it's like, oh, are you still there? Did you freeze? Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. You just got <laughs> back <laughs> Um, what I was like listening to, or uh, was I reading it or something, but I was, I was uh, like learning more about conscious spending basically. And what I love that this guy explained, uh, his name is Ramit something. Mm -hmm. I forget his last name. Um, but he was explaining how like, there's, there's such a, like people don't want to purchase the organic food because they're like, Oh, it's expensive. But it's so interesting when you realize, again, law of energy, law of cause and effect, what you put in, you receive. So if you're consciously spending more money on, on investing in yourself, investing in your health, 
you're going to receive more of that for yourself in endless ways, whatever that means to you. And so a lot of people literally spend coming from like a, a place of lack or like, oh, well, uh, I'm going to buy the, the cans because it's cheaper. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to receive more of that cheap shit in the long run because you're literally spending from a cheap place from lack. So what if you consciously spend from like love, love for yourself, love for your own health, love for organic foods, and then you're just going to receive that back exactly, which I find it so interesting because I think it's like so normal to live in, in, in lack, like it's normality, which is yeah. crazy. But I think it's like people like you and me were able to at least give that little seed in, in their minds where it's like, wait, it doesn't have to be like that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and now they get to recognize and see that like they can have whatever they want. They can be whatever they want, but it's like invest, you know, and, and choose wisely. So yeah, thank you for sharing those tips. Is there anything else that you would highly recommend for people to like, I don't know, feel better on a daily basis, whether it's like, I don't know, is there like a specific smoothie that you're like crazy about that has like all these crazy things in it or? No, I, there's not <laughs> one thing. It's like I said, the trifecta and I, yeah, I eat smoothies every day, but I'm not like, I eat smoothies that just taste amazing too. Like I have so many recipes on, on my app for like low sugar, um, because I like to stay lower sugar. It makes my energy levels more balanced. So low sugar smoothie bowls that taste amazing. Like it's really just, you know what I'll tell you actually, why, my one tip for everyone, if you want to feel better and you want to start liking yourself more, spend less time on social media for a bit. Spend less time mindlessly scrolling on your freaking phone and, and realize, like sit with your emotions when you have that craving to grab your phone and scroll just be, be, be present. Like I, I had to go through a really big phase of learning this myself from personal experience. Like you'll see your mental health really start to improve when you're not on your technology all day. Like you will really see a difference if you just like put your phone on airplane mode for a bit and like go on a walk or like do something else and just get off your phone for at least, you know, a couple hours a day. That's my biggest tip for mental health for sure. I totally agree. And like we just explained before, it's like your mental health literally provides the rest of everything for your own health. So if you can get that in check, at least the rest will be a little bit more fluid and easy for your transition, whatever that may be for you. Exactly. Um, and so where are you going like now? What's your plan now with like, there, I know you have your app, you have a few eBooks and stuff that you're working on. I feel like you're, the way that I see you is like, so, um, like, like focused, but not in a toxic way, actually in a very productive loving conscious way so what is your next thing that you're creating or coming out with thank you thank you very much <laughs> that's a great description i'm that's my goal is to be you know well first of all i'm on island lifetime now you know i just moved from my for my you know i guess the first time in my entire life i was always living in huge cities and uh, now i'm living on an island in the bahamas which is incredible and i feel like that's really helped me you know, with my lifestyle of higher stress to be a little bit more calm and be in nature more. So, but I'm, I'm still working, a, you know, a very good amount and I have to, cause I'm, you know, just created my app and I'm constantly uploading new videos every couple of days to it. And I'm filming a lot and I, I do a lot. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I really think 
my focus right now is just building my platform, creating, you know, more change, a bigger community and really trying to change lives. Cause I went through that change myself and I know what it feels like to hate how you feel, to hate how you look, to not be surrounded by people you feel support you, to feel stuck in life. I've been through it all. And I really like the feeling that I get from helping others achieve what they want and like getting them to believe in themselves or start on their personal development journey. And that really makes me happy. And that's my big concern right now. My two main priorities are my Mimi Method app and my... Uh, my podcast because I love that too, but I only post once or twice a week. Um, so yeah, those are my two main things and we'll see what happens in the future, but I definitely have milestones I want to hit with number of subscribers, you know, monthly recurring revenue and all that stuff. But you know, I'm not putting too much pressure on it. I want it to happen organically and I know the content speaks for itself. I haven't really gotten any negative reviews, so I'm really happy. Amazing. Congrats. And what's your podcast called? Yeah, it's called the Mimi B podcast, M I M I B E E, all one word. And I have almost 200 episodes up there. I've been doing it for almost two years. I've interviewed some really incredible people like Robin Sharma, you know, uh, Ed Milet, John Asperger, Secret, like a lot of great people. Everything health, wellness, personal growth, manifestation, all the good stuff. I love that. Okay. And so one. Two questions because I forgot that I had asked um, my followers if there was questions for you, and two main ones that I thought was were really interesting. So one, I mean, um, if people got the idea, you have you're you're there in the Bahamas with your boyfriend, and so this person was asking, like, what are your tips to have like a healthy relationship with your partner, but also for them to have a healthy relationship with themselves? What would your tips be for that, especially like in a when you're are this you know this healthy person like are they impacted by that like how do you what are your tips for that so do you mean healthy relationship or healthy like body and stuff I think both I think they were asking for both like I think this person was asking coming from a place of like how do I have a healthier relationship with my boyfriend and also get him to be healthier which I think is so, like basically the same energy which is very interesting yeah so you want him to be better you you need to lead by example and you need to set your standards, right? Like your standards are something and they need to, you know, you, you need to find someone that matches that and don't be super cutthroat. Cause listen, when I first met, met Ben, he was eating cereal and milk for breakfast. Now he has green smoothies, but I didn't tell him to do that. He, he <laughs> yeah. saw how good he felt. Like he, he liked everything, right? Like he was always, eating my healthy food and stuff, but he, he, we started living a healthier lifestyle together because that's just what we did. Cause that's what I did. And that's, you know, what he liked to do, I guess as well. And we, you know, you want someone that supports you and also, you know, you want to create habits and rituals with someone that is something in line with what you want. Right. So, you know, I think the number one thing is lead by example would be my biggest advice. And that's everything from wanting someone to be better in their career, wanting someone to be better with their health, like show how motivated you are as an entrepreneur. Like Ben just became an entrepreneur six months ago. He left his nine to five job and he is now freaking killing it. Like he's making more money than me right now. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, like you just have to like, you know, support them. And, you know, if both people in the relationship are 
working on themselves and trying to be better in any area, the relationship has such a bigger chance of working out and oh. such a stronger chance. I've noticed sometimes in the past few years, because I've I'm almost, you know, I've been dating Ben for almost three years now, you know, in the past few years, like if I'm not doing well with myself internally and I'm not happy with where I am, there's more problems in the relationship and vice versa. Because you know, in relationships, you need to grow as your own person individually, both of you, and then come together to support each other. But you can't change and you can't force change on anyone. Just you can influence people to change is what I would say. Of course. Yeah, I completely agree. That was the first thing that I really thought um, in terms of advice for this person too. And the last question, which I thought was really interesting because um, remember I just tagged you yesterday in a story where I was like, thanks for the inspo of not using a filter. So somebody asked, what's the difference between a filter and a story and a filter, or I guess editing for an Instagram post? What is your... Yeah, well, for me, I've stopped doing both just because, you know, I've definitely face-tuned in my past and I didn't like how I looked and you know I I just stopped doing all of that because I just want to be I want to match what I'm trying to promote right so for me it doesn't make sense to do that anymore and I also love myself enough to not really you know care if I'm showing you know whatever like cellulite or whatever it is right so for me I guess it was just this is my own journey and I will be completely honest I for sure used to face-tune and I didn't feel good in my body. So that was something I really relied on. It was a crutch and, you know, all that stuff. And filters on Instagram story, like, you know, the Paris one makes your skin more smooth, like, you know, whatever. But some people always use filters and that's their brand thing. They always use more contrast or saturation. That's fine. I'm not judging anyone. For me, I want to just go filter free because it's easier and it's more authentic and it's just what I'm doing right now. So the difference, I guess, is, you know, Instagram stories. There is none, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is none. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting question. I was like, well, okay, I'm, I'll ask it. Cause I, I'm like, Hey, if I can have like an, an interesting conversation behind it. Sure. Um, but yeah, so honestly, like, was there anything else that you wanted to share with, I mean, your audience, my audience, like what makes you feel lit up just from everything that we spoke about? Because I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh my God. I loved it too. You're so easy to talk to. Thank you. Honestly, I guess the the one thing I want people just to remember before finishing this podcast is just, you know, be kind to yourself. And I wish I knew this earlier, but really just, you know, there's only one you and you only have this one shot at this crazy life thing. And the likelihood of you being born is one in 400 trillion. So you are special and you better start believing it. And that's the only way that you're really going to feel good. And at the end of the day, yes, having money and having a great body and having a great boyfriend is fabulous. And I love all of those things. But at the end of the day, it really goes back to how you feel about yourself because those things won't solve your problems. You have to internally solve them and then just be in the moment while also trying to achieve your goals. It's the biggest thing I've learned recently, just trying to be more present and just mm-hmm. save our life because you never know what's going to happen. You know, like tragedy is going to happen. Crazy things can happen. And don't have a fear, I guess, like around that, but just like embody just being where you are right now. And, and the journey is so beautiful. 
the journey is like the best part because it's like we're goal seeking creatures, human beings. And I love achieving, but just be happy and like be okay with not being perfect. And I always have to tell myself this. I'm telling this to myself right now as I'm speaking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know I'm, like I'm hearing you. Like, <laughs> yeah, really. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. I think we were able to provide so much gold, like so many golden nuggets for people. And I'm really excited to launch this episode. And I, yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your heart and your energy. That's something I, I, I always feel. And I, I want to celebrate you for, because I don't think that, you know, everybody can be open and can allow themselves to be seen fully. I think it's still kind of like a scary part of being a human. So I want to celebrate you for that because I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. You are such a great interviewer and I love chatting with you. Thank you. All right. So we'll chat soon. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much.